Well, good morning. Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church, where sharing faith and building community is what we have as our tagline of who we are. So help us to continue to grow in what that is for us. Uh, Lynn is a perfect time for us to build our community amongst ourselves and sharing our faith any way we can. So let's continue to grow together as we worship on this second Sunday of Lent. And let us uh, be able to open our minds and our hearts to see what the Lord has for us today. I ask you to turn to the announcements that are in your bulletin. There are quite a few. I'm not going to go over them all, so make sure you work through them. Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, just want to make note, make sure you see the, the forms for the Easter flowers. Uh, make sure we get those back uh, by the 18th of March. I also wanted to remind us about a couple of things that are going on Lent that is asking for our, uh, our involvement uh, from the congregation is this uh, baskets for the Easter egg hunt that is at Shawnee Park for the community. Uh, we want to collect items to, to put baskets together in order for the children to be able to have those that, uh, and we always put in there a, a Bible or and, and some kind of a positive message for them. Uh, so if you can partake in that, we'd appreciate it. And also, uh, the Lenten offering, there's envelopes that are available uh, for uh, be taken, and we're going to put that uh, offering towards uh, the Vacation Bible School, uh, such an important ministry f- uh, from this church to our community. So uh, we'd love for you to help support that as well. Uh, and that is all in addition to our regular, our regular giving. Also, I wanted to, this would be the last time this announcement is in here. It's about the, the annual conference needing laity uh, to match up the numbers between clergy and laity at the annual conference. Uh, we have our representation, but they're looking for at-large members uh, that are, anybody can be a part of that as long as you've been a member of the church and you want to be a part of that, uh, that time there of working through the legislation and being a part of that conference. If you're interested in being an at-large member, uh, see me and we'll make sure you get the right forms filled out to be a part of that. Uh, like I said, take, care, take note of all the other uh, things that are in your bulletin. Uh, but let's prepare ourselves for worship uh, with our prayers.
Would you please rise and join me in the call to worship? In promise and covenant, God calls. In love and faithfulness, God saves. Let us worship and praise God's holy name. Join me in singing the God of Abraham praise once in 116 in your hymns and on the screen. And join me in the opening prayer. Lord of presence and power, 
be with us on the second step of our Lenten journey to the cross. Help us to make a commitment of our lives, our spirits, our hearts to be in ministry in your name. Amen. And now if the children will come up and join me. Hello. How are you guys? I'm going to kind of keep my distance just a little bit this morning. I have a question for you. When you come to a road and you have to cross the street, do you know what you need to do? What do you need to do? Yes, look both ways before you cross the street. Is there something you should do before that? Well, you're standing there. You're not in a car. So you come into the road like at an intersection and you have to get from this side to that side when you're standing there. You know what I'm talking about? Yo. So you have to stop and look both ways. I just said the thing that you need to do before you look both ways. What was it? Stop. Yes. Yes. So stop and look both ways. And is there something else you should do? What do you think? Stop, look, and listen. You have been taught well. Yes. So stop and look both ways. Make sure there's nothing coming, right? You're going to, and then you're going to listen to make sure that you don't hear some something coming because maybe your eyes didn't see what you needed to see. So last week, Miss Lynn told us about um, Lent, and today it's, we're still in Lent, and she said that we were to do three things. It was to um, pray and fast and give, and she talked a lot last week about the giving. Today, I want to talk about the prayer And I want you to think about prayer like you do about stopping at an intersection and crossing the street. When we pray, we can stop, stop what we're doing. We can look, we can look around us for signs of God. We can see God in the creation. We can see God in the trees and the sun and the rain and the different things around us. We can look for him in scripture, but we can stop, take a deep breath, then we can look for God, look for Jesus. Instead of getting getting out of our own thoughts, we can think of Jesus, and then we can listen. Listen and see what God might have us know or do or Maybe it's just even just listen for his calming presence. And you might have to listen really closely. So remember those things when you're kind of feeling a little scared or nervous. Or even when you're feeling good but you're looking forward to something. You can stop, look, 
and listen for God in your day. And that's a way you can remember to pray. Think you can do that? You've got it down for the intersection, right? So now you can do it for prayer. So let's stop, look, and listen for a minute right now. Dear Lord, thank you for who you are and the many, many ways that we can look all around us and see you to help calm us when we're nervous or feeling scared or even make us feel even more your presence even on a good day when we're feeling really strong. We know that you are the one who helps us in that. And then let us help to listen, to pause, and to just listen for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. figure out what we're doing next, right? And now let us sing our prayer hymn, Where He Leads Me, verses 1, 2, and 4, and it's number 338.
Let us just continue with that thought as we were singing in our time of prayer. Let us go before our Lord. Gracious and merciful God, you are our great guide. You guide us in the expression of love. You meet us where we are because we often try to hide so you know where we are. Lord, we, in this moment, we invite you into where we are. We ask you to meet us deep in our hearts, in our minds, and our soul. We ask that you draw us closer to you so that we truly can be confident and sing out as we have and saying that we will go. We will follow wherever you lead us. Lord, we have a hard time sometimes of holding on to the control, holding on to trying to make our, our whatever is coming, from, uh, uh, coming up for us, that we try to control it. Lord, help us to be free and trusting that you are the one that is leading us. May our eyes turn to you and focus on you first and foremost so that we know that we are truly following you and not our own ways. Lord, we just ask you for that courage. We ask you for the wisdom. We ask you for the power that is within the Holy Spirit to walk in all the ways that you guide us. Lord, we can be encouraged by your Spirit within us if we trust that you are there. Lord, open our hearts and our minds so much so that we have no doubt that we truly are encouraged and have courage. Because, Lord, we know that you want that from us, that you want to be close to us. And we know we want to be close to you, but, Lord, there's barriers that we hold on to. May you break those free so that we truly can come closer and closer to you. Lord, we want to say, I love you. Help us to be able to say that and mean it. We open this to you, O God. But we also pray for those that are in the midst of some kind of struggle that makes it even harder. We know through our prayer chain there are so many that are uh, looking for recovery. So, Lord, we ask that your presence would be with them. Lord, we are yours. Help us to walk with you. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we have a call on our lives to be the church. A part of that is understanding where everything that we have comes and giving back a little portion 
Ushers, would you please wait upon us? dedication. God of ancient days and futures not yet seen, bring your eternal wisdom to our time of offering. Bring your ancient faith and faithful love to the gifts we now bring. Transform the past with the promise of your future, and together our gifts may merge with your spirit to bring transformation and hope to your world. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, 
Today's reading comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 17, 1 through 7, and 15 through 16. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God said to Abraham, For Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. The word of the God for the people of God. We often talk about life being a journey. Now, we each have our own to travel. However, when God created all things, including human life, our Creator determined this. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. From the Almighty's great wisdom, through the miracle and design of human reproduction, everyone was to come into this world through a loving relationship that would grow throughout the journey. This is God's design and intention. 
However, because of humanity's selfishness and free will, there is brokenness in human relations and also the glorification of individualism. Last week, we shared Noah's story of the flood that God brought upon the earth to reboot creation after witnessing the brokenness passed down from generation to generation. After the flood, the Lord set up a covenant with all of creation through Noah to promise to sustain life and to begin the work of saving humanity. Again, the hard truth is we need saved from ourselves. We need saved from the temptation of sin and selfishness that exists with free will so that we can live into the beauty of what free will allows, which is authentic, loving relationships. We are created first to love God and second to love others. And the reality is that until we know and experience the love of God, well, we aren't able to love others as we should. Lent is also a journey in and of itself. It is a time for us to reflect on our relationship with the Lord, to grow in our understanding of God's love, and more importantly, our understanding of the real experience of that love. Last week, our scripture speaks, uh, like last week, our scripture speaks of a covenant. This time it is with Abram or Abraham. God's covenant with Noah was on a universal scale with all of creation, which in short, God said, you may abandon me, but I will not abandon you. And today's text, the focus is narrowed to be with the multitude of Abraham's descendants and its intent to offer a relationship. So God creates a covenant for the purpose of rebuilding relationships with humanity. What we need to pay attention to in this interaction between God and Abram or Abraham is what it takes to move from a transactional covenant to a real relationship. To help set the stage, we need to review a little of Abraham's story. This is not Abraham's first encounter with God. It had been about 24 years since Abraham's first encounter when he was asked to leave his home and his native land behind to go to a land that he would be shown. Once there, God promised he would give him and his ancestors the land, and they would become a great nation. Abram went on the journey, and several years later, he found himself in Canaan, the land promised, and God set up a covenant to give the land as promised, but Abram still had no children. Abram questioned how God could accomplish what was promised. But he believed in the Lord. He continued to walk with God in honor of that covenant. However, years passed and still no children. So he and his wife Sarah 
Sarai devised their own way to provide Abraham with a son through another woman's womb. This was not God's plan. Thirteen years after that child was born, the Lord connected with Abraham again to assure him of his promise. This is where we pick up the story today. Saying, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down. So for at least a quarter of a century, Abram had been walking with God based on the covenant made with him. He even took it upon himself to try to help things move along by having a child with his wife's servant. His actions showed he was committed to the covenant. But did his actions show he was devoted in his relationship with the Lord? No, but the, that would change with this encounter. Notice that right away when the Lord appeared and spoke to him, Abraham fell face down. In his previous interactions with the Lord, he, he never had this kind of reaction. If we look back and recall <coughs> his call to leave his land, the scripture says he just left. In the land of Canaan, he responded with fear at first, and then he just wanted the details of the covenant. This time he falls in humility. Could it be that he just then realized how he disrespected God by his taking things into his own hands and he was overwhelmed with feelings of shame? Abraham felt something in his heart. His encounter wasn't just about the details. His falling before God face down showed the Lord that he understood there was more between them just an agreement. Notice God introduced himself personally saying, I am God Almighty. I've mentioned this before. The Lord wants to be known. Truly known. And God created us the same way. We want to be known too. Being known is the point of our relationships, isn't it? After the Lord introduced himself, he revealed what kind of relationship was desired, saying, walk before me and be blameless. Re remember, we were told that Noah walked with God. But here it says, walk before God. Is there a difference? Maybe not, but it seems to me that there is a, a subtle difference here. To walk with someone, we are, we are not in full view. But to walk before or in front of someone, we are in full view of someone. I see this as God inviting us into a relationship where we are to present ourselves completely to the Lord, no secrets. We are to be transparent before God, admitting our faults and confessing our sins to God, as well as offering 
all that we are to serving His purposes. As a result of being in relationship with the Lord in, in this fashion, we are blameless. This is the relationship we are to have with Jesus. Jesus died for our sins so we could take on His righteousness, not on our own. We can't just say we believe in Jesus and expect to be blameless. We are blameless before God through our relationship with Jesus. To move beyond covenant with the Lord, we must demonstrate that our relationship exists. Are we willing to bear our whole selves to the Lord? Now, God is gracious and generous, but don't wait any longer to take a step from covenant to relationship. When Abram finally fell face down before the Lord, he may have felt a bit of shame. But let me assure you, God never put that on him. The Lord doesn't blast Abram for his previous actions. Rather, he confirmed the covenant was in place. And so was the blessing of a greatly increased of his descendants. When he would step in more deeply into the relationship with God. This is who God is and who Jesus revealed in his lifetime. You see, as long as we have breath, Jesus is ready to confirm his covenant as well as nurture a real relationship with us. Now, while Abram was still face down, humbling himself before the Lord, God confirmed their relationship, saying, as for me, this is my covenant with you. And this is where the relationship comes in. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. And God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. God does confirm the covenant that was made here. But there is something more happening. The Lord clarified the importance of relationship within the covenant. Relationship with God. And relationship with others. Abraham's relationship with Sarah was critical to producing nations for the Lord. We are used to hearing about Father Abraham. But it is clear that Mother Sarah was just as important. As was her relationship with the Lord. Both Abraham and Sarah were given their names by God to define their relationship with the Lord. Abraham means father of many, and Sarah means something like princess. They were the patriarch and matriarch of nations and kings to be established, hear this, in the name of God Almighty. Their identity was tied to their relationship with the Lord. Now, our names that we are given or taken on define our relationships. 
My last name, Bandy, connects me to a very specific family and the relationship that I have with everyone in my family. When Suzanne and I were married, she chose to take on my last name. By doing so, she identified with me and my family. And because of our relationship, I became son-in-law of the Phil and Edith Lynn Everett family. My identity is tied to them. Not only through our marriage covenant, but through the relationship that we have built together over the years. Friends, God has given us a name too through His Son. His Son, Jesus Christ. There are several names we can take on. Christian, disciple, Christ follower, even friend, friend of Jesus. To move past the transaction of being saved to a real relationship, we live into our new identity defined by our relationship with the Lord. Abraham and Sarah took on their identity. And then a son was born to them. Do we just call ourselves Christians? Or are we living into our new identity as disciples and Christ followers? What is our evidence? It has been thousands of years since the time of Abraham and Sarah, yet their story connects with ours today. Why? Because the Lord was faithful to what was promised to Abraham and Sarah. The Lord said, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. With this covenant, the Lord was establishing more than just a means for creating nations of peoples. God didn't mix words here. The Almighty was committing to establishing the people of God. Now, there are no borders that define the boundaries of this covenant. What matters is the relationship that we have with God is real. It is one that we can claim and identify with. And the descendants of our family of God are multiplied for all time. Now, the direct descendants of Abraham took their heritage for granted and claimed they were covered by the covenant by blood alone. The problem was their identity was just with Abraham, not in the God of Abraham. Jesus himself called them out on this in John eight thirty nine, where it says, Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. For if you were really children of Abraham, you would follow his example. His example being a friend of God. Generation after generation, the covenant was passed down, claiming connection with the God who is faithful. However, many generation after generation failed to make the connection with God on a relational level. It was only transactional in that their lives were only affected by the details of the covenant agreement between God and Abraham's descendants. 
details like ownership of the land of Canaan and being established as a political nation. They missed the part of, about being the people of God of many nations following the ways of the Lord. So often in the Scriptures, prophets declared this disconnect, proclaiming that the people's worship was empty, their walking with the Lord was superficial, and their devotion to love God and one another was overcome by the love of self. Friends, these temptations and realities are just as real today as they were in biblical times. The Lord established a covenant with the people of God, the family of God. But how do we interpret it and live it out? To claim the Lord as our God, we must honor the relationship by being faithful and fruitful. Jesus set up a covenant with us by his blood. But we are saved by grace through faith. Jesus invites us into a real relationship that is faithful and calls us to be fruitful by sharing our faith with the world. Developing our faith and our willingness to share it is all a part of our journey together and our journey with the Lord which may begin with a covenant. However, it can't stop there. We were created to be in relationship with God and in relationship with each other. To live more fully into God's design for our lives, we have to demonstrate our relationship with the Lord exists by being transparent, respectful, and humble with God. We have to find our true identity in Christ following his example and honoring our relationship with faithful obedience as we connect with others through relationship and service. So always remember God's covenant is everlasting and God is eternally faithful. And so next week we will take another step in our journey from relationship to intimacy with the Lord. Amen. Please rise for our closing hymn, Lord of the Dance, number 261.
don't know if you noticed in there, it said, I'll live in you if you live in me. We have this relationship with Jesus Christ that is so special. It is so close to us. And we have to explore that. So explore that throughout the week. And I said next week we'll be talking about moving from relationship to intimacy. A closer walk with thee. Go in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.